What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David, Isaac, and Candace. After the Memphis Grizzlies rebound from the terrible loss in Houston, final score tonight, 132-111. to 111. This game was far more one-sided than a 21-point victory would indicate. The Grizzlies dominated this game. After the second quarter, really, that's Isaac and I were talking mid-game, and he said that uh, they were in – what you? how'd you word it, Isaac? I can't even remember. Gar- but garbage time mode. Yeah, <laughs> after you know, mid-second quarter, the, the announcers were. So, that they took it down some weird roads. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, they were just they, – they, they weren't talking about the game at all. Like, I don't <laughs> know if they missed the game probably from halftime on. Like, they were talking about some crazy stuff, man. It was, it was, it was a weird kind of weird broadcast because it was almost like they weren't even coming to take that game. It was weird. I mean, they say the, they say the names where the people scored, but that's about it. Like, other yeah. than that, they weren't talking about the game at all. The, yep. the one that got me is, is where was Jim Jackson going with the, the – uh, where would this team be <laughs> – if the Lakers were this and the Clippers were that, and I'm like, I'm like are, are we really having this conversation on national TV right now? What is going on? Candace, what was your biggest takeaway from tonight's game? I thought it was a lot of positives, especially coming off that Houston game. I saw a lot of things that I feel like I, I need to see, uh, particularly defensive effort. I saw some better perimeter defense, and, and part of that is just, you know, them not making shots, but um, I like the defensive effort. I I like the half-court offense today. Uh, I, I think all around, I think it was one of our most well-rounded games since the break for sure. Um, so that stood out to me. It was, it was great to see them kind of put things together. It's always a great day when Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain and John Moran all scored more than, you know, 20 points. So uh, that was a plus. Um, great effort and, and great win. I, I, the the half-court offense, we've discussed that quite a few times on here, and, and that's been a concern for what the Grizzlies may or may not look like in the playoffs. I, I would say this is probably the best half-court offense performance they've had yep. you know, in, in a while at least. I, I don't know that I would go as far to say all season, but definitely post-All-Star break, this is the best the half-court offense has looked. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely no question about that, um, and, and that is – of course, uh, going into the postseason, when the game slows down, you're not going to get as many fast break opportunities, uh, and you got to be an executor, executing the half court. And I think getting Dylan Brooks back, I think, will definitely help in that. A guy that can create, uh, get his own shot, and, and knock down shots from the perimeter. To have another guy that can do that, I think that'll help. But definitely a, a nice bounce back after a, a tough loss on on Sunday, man. I mean, I was, I'm not gonna lie, man, I was pissed off after that game. You just if you're yeah. gonna be a lead, if you're gonna be a lead team, man, you just can't drop games like that. But I mean, they bounce back, and it's good to see it happen on national TV. Because again, I love our guys, Pete and Brevin, but I love to have the opportunity for people around the nation that still seem to to have questions about this team. It, it's nice to see them get a beat down like this on national TV. And as Candace said, I mean, you look at the box score, just great all around score, man. Twenty four for Morad, Bain with twenty two, you got Zaire with sixteen, Jerry Jackson Jr. 22, you got BC with 12 off the bench, uh, 14 for Melton off the bench. Just a great all-around effort for everybody. And look at the minutes. Uh, guys didn't play a lot of minutes tonight. I don't think anybody played 30 minutes, and you love to see that. Uh, to get a 21-point victory and nobody plays over 30 minutes, man. You like like to see that. That's that's good. Get these guys some rest, man. You got a couple days off anyway at home. Got the Knicks on Friday, man. So nice victory, man. A nice bounce back, and, and this is what you like to see. Yeah, I think Adams led the team in minutes played at uh, just under 29. So 29. Yeah, I, I was wondering 
how long he was going to leave them in there. I felt like he could have went the entire fourth quarter and he had the the starters in there a little bit into the fourth quarter. But I, you know, I, I say that. And then you look at the the bench mob and every single person on the bench mob that, that came in in garbage time was a huge negative. And so yeah. ma- ma- maybe those, you know, couple that are the few minutes there in the fourth, were needed to uh to, to weather the storm but yeah, this game was, shout out Tilly man Tilly was getting his shot up <laughs> yeah well I, I don't know if you want to shout him out man he wasn't making <laughs> nothing that man like, the visions out there man yeah, he, he was <laughs> knocking some rust off tonight he, he couldn't <laughs> And I, I don't think any of his shots even really looked all that good. He, he just kind of no. looked uncomfortable out there. And, you know, it's not getting much playing time. That that kind of uh, – that tends to happen. Yeah, man. But, you got to shoot yourself out of it, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to get him some more shots up tonight. 0 for 5 <laughs> wasn't enough. But Zaire looked really good tonight. Shot the ball well from 3, 2 for 3 from him, 16 points. I, I was going to do the math on what the starters were as far as positive, but the the – Ja Morant was the worst as far as plus negative of the starters at a, at a plus 22. So the rest of the starters were plus 22 or better. And that's it. You're going to win when it, whenever you got guys playing the way that they played tonight. And it was, I wanted Brandon Ingram to play. I understand, you know, hamstrings can be very touchy. We got that news pretty late in the day about him not going yeah. And that's a, of course you're gonna hit you're gonna hear well you know the the, the Pelicans best player wasn't healthy I, I get that I, Brandon Ingram may have made some of a difference but the, I, I, I think Grizz win this game anyway yeah the the Grizzlies John Morant in the post game presser was talking about him taking responsibility for that loss in Houston he said. It, leadership starts with me. If if you're not, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I can't expect everybody else on this team to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. Essentially, he didn't say that word for word, but he he took responsibility, saying, you know, he, he talked about it, and the uh, the night before, saying that they had to be locked in, they couldn't take that game lightly, and then he got there and they ended up taking the game lightly, came back to bite them in the butt. So I think. Regardless of who was playing for the Pelicans tonight, the Grizzlies had something to prove, and I think that they done a great job of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 was gonna real, I was going to say real quick, if, if Brandon Ingram had played, C.J. McCollum probably doesn't go as large. I think that's kind of the di- difference that you would have seen there. But, yeah, with the way that they Grizzlies played tonight and, and at the margin of victory, I mean, it's 21. That's not even indicative of how the game really went. Man, I think they win this game probably double digits even that Brandon Ingram had played. Yeah, and I was going to say one of the things that stood out to me that kind of confirms for me personally that this game would have been probably still pretty easy Grizz, Grizz win regardless. It's just the efficiency with which our starter, our starter shot. You know, Zaire yeah. was a six for nine. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., seven for 13. Uh, Steven Adams, two for three. Desmond Bain, eight for 17. And, and John Morant, you know, eight from 13. When you got your starters, you know, being that efficient, taking care of the ball, um, I think that's going to go a long way to, to them getting the win. And shout out to Desmond Bain, man, for coming all the way out of the slump. And we kind of saw it start yeah. in the second half against Boston. They lost that game, but you kind of saw him coming alive. And then he knocked down some shots in the Houston game and, and, and really came alive tonight uh, with 22 points. What was the five of nine from three, man? Good to see those threes going, man, because he was in a big-time slump. Even before the All-Star break, you kind of saw him start to slump and it continued after the break. But to have him back like that, I mean, that's big time for this team. And anytime this team knocks down threes, you have – Jared playing the way he's playing tonight on both ends. 
this team is hard to beat. I don't care who you're going up against. When you're getting 20-plus points from Ja, Bain, and Jared Jackson Jr., and he's playing the defense, he's playing Bain's knocking down threes. I'll, I'll take this team against anybody. Yeah. And That's- one thing that stands out to me, it's been a trend. Um, I heard it initially on the Chris Vernon show, um, and I've had sort of following it ever since. The, the Grizzlies are now – 28 and two whenever they just shoot 35 percent from three yeah that's league average and so um that trend continues if they can just shoot league average this team is basically unbeatable and so it's one of the good signs and bad signs in fact they've only had 28 games with 35 percent or better it's discouraging (laughs) but you know if they can put it together um that it's great and i think d'anthony nelson was sort of key in that role him getting some critical threes um and he was four from eight from three. Whenever DeAndre Melton shooting 50% from three, you sort of get the, the floor space and you need to create better half-court offense. Then, did you guys watch the pregame show at all with the, the TNT when they were talking about yeah, the Grizzlies? And... No, nah, I miss it. Okay. At what point – I'll kind of, I'll fill you in a little bit on it, Candace. Like, like, Dwayne Wade was talking about it, and this this continues to be an argument against Ja Morant for MVP. Is the stretch that the Grizzlies played when Ja Morant was out, and it's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I get it. You you look at the other guys that are in the conversation. I looked up the Sixers record without Joel Embiid. They're a five hundred team without Joel Embiid. That you know that, that that's an impact. The team is different now, you know, since the trade deadline. You had a guy like James Harden. Is that team without Joel Embiid with James Harden going to be a 500 or below 500 team? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But I, I don't get the mindset where they're coming from. Well, they played good while he was out, so he can't be considered for MVP. If you're playing at the level that he's playing at, I'm not saying that Josh should be the front runner for the MVP because if you if I had one vote and I had to pick one guy this year for the MVP, it would be Nikola Jokic because what he's able to do with the guys that have been out in Denver, it's it's insane. I think that he is that that team is way in the lottery if Jokic is not there this season. So I have Nikola Jokic ahead in the MVP conversation. But Ja Morant should be in the top three of that conversation w- without hesitation. And every time you, you see the, the argument, well, they, they were 11 and two without him. They were, shine some light on it. Please enlighten me. Tell me why that argument works, why it's valid, or tell me that they're stupid too. I don't know what it is, but I don't think that there's any way to that. I feel like that's just ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I was going to say, yeah, it, it's ridiculous, man. I, I don't understand why or how you punish a guy because his team his team is really good. Like, I mean, they, they have a lot of depth on this team, and his team is really good. But you look at – he's putting up the numbers that he's putting up. Like, you can't take that away from him. And, I mean, not like they didn't have an 11-12 game winning streak with him on the team. Like, I, I don't – I just don't understand that argument. I think that's fishing to try to not give him credit. I think that's the only way that I can take it. Like, I don't – it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me, man, because you can't punish a guy just because his team did well during the stress that he happened to be out. I mean, look what he's doing. You can't tell me that if you take John Moran out this team for the entirety of it, that the Grizzlies would be where they are right now. There's no way that the Grizzlies would be in second place in the West right right now if John Morant wasn't on this team. And 
they you continue to hear their argument, man. And I think you probably in in those conversations when people are voting for MVP, that's probably going to be something that stocked against him, man. But I, I I disagree with it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly is the is the right word, Isaac, because I I can I can talk about this all day. I, the level of passion that I have for the subject is probably probably extremely strong. But I, I think what people don't realize is while while the team has to go out and they have to get the wins, I, I think the, the the Grizzlies caught an extreme break when it came to that schedule that they faced when I went out. Um, for one, to start, the Grizzlies had one of the toughest schedules to, to, to head off the league, you know, of all the NBA teams, and that's why they have the second easiest schedule now. It's because their 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 schedule started off rough, so them being nine and ten uh, before Ja went down is is justifiable. Uh, two, when when they did when they did when Ja did go down, they had uh, they played Dallas with no Luca and KP. They played the Seventy Sixers with no Embiid. I mean, that's around the time when COVID hit a lot of the teams and. Grizzlies won the last yeah. time to get, get and, hit. And, and I don't want to use that as an excuse because the Grizzlies were like, they were missing John Morant in that time. But yeah. no, nobody mm-hmm. wants to have that part of the conversation. Yeah, right. they they went 11 and two. Look at their schedule and look right. who these other teams were missing. Go right. ahead. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. You're, no, you're good. You're, you're good. I mean, because when it's supporting cast versus supporting cast, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies can win. They've got a good team. And, and I've heard some of the counter arguments against that as well. You know, Ja has Bain and Ja has Jaron Jackson Jr. And I'm going, okay, well, Embiid had has Maxi, who's a great player yeah. in my opinion. And yeah. Giannis has has Chris Middleton and and he has uh, uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. And, and that nobody says that that's the reason why Giannis shouldn't be the MVP. Man, it it drives me crazy. I'm I'm get off my soapbox, but <laughs> this I, I'm you're gonna have to stop disrespecting Tobias Harris and Philly. Hey, I'm, I'm, he, I'm he is. He is underrated. Tobias Harris is a freaking baller. He he is not. You go back to that Clippers team before they traded him over there, and he was killing it. And he doesn't get enough love for for the caliber of player that he is. But this is, I think this is the only argument that you need. The last seven games from Ja Morant, 35.3 points, 5.7 assists, five rebounds. He's shooting 81% from the free throw line which is incredible for him. That That's well above his career average. And that, to me, that's where he needs to be. That's the sweet spot. The amount of times that he's getting to the free throw line, he has to shoot 80-plus percent to really, truly be effective. And he, he's getting there 11 times per game, by, by, by the way, and almost just under 40%, 39% from three over that stretch. And they're still falling back to this default. Well, they they went eleven and two without him. And the points that Candace just made about who they played and who was out. The other teams that they, I if, if I'm not mistaken, that eleven and two stretch happened at the peak of players going. You know, we had that yep. well, like three week stretch there where you'd have three players from each team going into COVID protocols and then two would come back and two more would go. And that stretch happened in that time. Yep. I, and I, I'm, I'm actually going to hunt that down while we're talking, while somebody else takes over. Yeah. To see. Yeah. So yeah. it looks like he missed from, it looks like November 28th until December 19th. He came back December 20th. So I, I, I'll find it while you guys are, are taking over, but that, that's the period that he missed, and just nobody wants to give him the credit. 
And I was going to say, that's not even taking account that he's the number one third quarter scorer in the NBA, one of the most clutch scores, best clutch scores in the NBA, and all the game winners that he hit, he's hit this year. Just yep. think about all the times he's taken over in the fourth quarter in close games and won games for this team down the stretch. Like, there's just no argument that says that he shouldn't be an MVP conversation. I mean, this team was expected. We were thinking at peak six seed of more than play in. This team – it's right now, it's, it's, I'm see what Miami's at right now, tied for, for the second-best record in the NBA. Nobody expected that. And, again, without John Morant, they wouldn't be there. And all the points that you made about them catching a lot of breaks during this stretch, absolutely. I mean, there were game after game, it seemed like they were catching break after break uh, and, and caught some teams that, that had guys out and, and won some games there. But, I mean, there's, there's just no argument to, to say that he shouldn't be top three in the MVP race right now. Like, I'm – when you look at the guys in the NBA in the race, you definitely have Jokic there. You'd have Joel Embiid there. You'd have Giannis, uh, Giannis there. But Ja has to be right there with that group, uh, with yeah. DeMar DeRozan and a couple other guys. So I, I just don't understand. People keep bringing up their narrative. They brought it up on NBA TNT, just, on TNT pregame show, just like uh, David, David said. Like, I don't I, I don't understand it, man. But you keep hearing it nationally. You hear it on social media. Every time you bring it up, Jai MVP, people that are especially outside of Memphis, like, man, you, they were 11-2 without a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, uh, if you watch the Grizzlies and watch this team, you know how valuable he is to this organization and to this team and, and for them being the spot that they are. And, and a couple, just to piggyback off that, a couple of points that also get, I think, overlooked is I don't think that this team goes on any sort of winning streak with if the, if John Morant had been out for the season, knock on wood, I just hypothetical, just in that situation, just how they played. If you if you watch the first half after John went out in that first game in Atlanta, when when nobody knew what was going on with John, the whole team was deflated. I mean, the emotion yeah. was completely out of it. And I think if they didn't think that John was coming back, I, I don't think they make that run. In fact, Xavier Tillman made a statement about it. And he said that when he was asked about the winning streak, he said, "We just want to put together a team. We know what John wanted this season to be." And we really want to uh, – we really don't want to let him down, basically. Yeah, I remember that. Paraphrasing that was what he said. And so, Ja, even though he was out, was still the inspiration behind the winning streak. And I think that gets overlooked over all the points. No one keeps that in mind. He inspired the team to win. And I think that's what makes an MVP more than the statistics or the win streak or some 14-game anomaly in an 82-game win season. You know, that's just, you know. We, I remember during that stretch, Isaac and I talking about this team was playing harder yep. without John ja Moran. It's like they would stand yeah. back because they know that he is different. They know that he has another gear. They know that he's on another level. And so they were, they were kind of re- a little more reserved when he was playing. And then Tillman in that post-game presser that I think you were kind of referring to right there said exactly like he said basically word for word what Isaac had been saying on the show is that they played harder without John Morant. And that's, you know, credit to the guy, this team and the chemistry, the camaraderie, the way that they support each other. It's it's crazy. You don't see it anywhere else in the NBA. Dylan Brooks has been out forever now, but he's on that bench. And, you know, you see him up yelling, coaching. He is invested in the game. And yeah, a lot even, of pick, times, even picking guys up, like uh, guys get fouled, go yeah. down by the basket. He's out there picking guys up. You you don't see that, man, in, in other places. This team is different. Like, and I've said it all year. Like, people talk about culture and team culture. I mean, that's real with this team. And it's it means something, and I think that's another reason, like you kind of what you just said, the reason why 
they were able to continue to win games without job because there's a culture built here. They play for each other. They care about each other. And again, man, a lot of guys have been, been struggling before that stretch when John was playing and all those guys, all the role guys stepped up during, during that run. And again, like you said, I think that John was definitely an inspiration for that. Yeah, I, I don't – all right, we, we could hammer on this all night. I'll move on to something else. I, I will have – I'm working on this list of who they played and who was out and, and in between things here. So I, if I sound a little bit distracted, I apologize. Uh, I don't know if I'll get it in on the show, but I will definitely get this out via Twitter if I don't get it in on the show tonight. But I got a makeshift well, list for you. I can sub in. I <laughs> I got it ready. I'm always in the thread. Yeah, I remember a lot of them. Well, what does he have to do? Like, who else? Joel Embiid has been playing very well, right? Like, recently. And Nikola Jokic, again, he's been, he had that big 40 point triple double in overtime to lead them to victory. Like, the Grizzlies needed that win from them over the Warriors. But what does John Moran have to do with 35, six assists, five rebounds? 40% 40% from three, 80% from the free throw line. His team is winning games. They're in the second seed in the West, second best record in basketball. And they're making excuses as to why he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation instead of having the argument of this is why he should be. He should be, yeah. <laughs> and it's – it's. I, yeah, I don't know, like the, the media narrative on certain players – they will push and drive and push and drive and push and drive certain players without having enough evidence to back it up. But other guys, they choose to like dig heels in the sand. You're not moving me. There's no way you're going to get me to budge against these guys. I, I, it's just Memphis. I guess that's really all that you can say is it's Memphis. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, I said, I said that, yes. I said, yeah, I said that earlier. It's it, you have to be looking for a reason to discredit him in order to use that argument. Like, there's no question about. It. There's still a bias, as well as this team is playing. It, it's weird because you'll see, like, some of the national guys when they're talking about Memphis. Like, I think it's Kenny Smith does tonight. Charles Barker, Charles, and Shaq were all on Memphis talking about Ja and how good they were. You could tell Kenny Smith didn't like it at all. Like, he wanted to change the subject. I think when they were playing Boston, he was like, oh, well, I want to talk about Boston. Let's talk about Jason Tatum and what he's doing. Like, for some reason, they there are people in the national media, especially, that just don't want to give Memphis credit. And it's always been that way, and I don't understand it. Like, I, I just don't get it. That, that's definitely part of it. There's no question about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a hotel, and I, I'm sorry. I know that's not relevant to anything that we're talking about here other than the fact that this Zoom call is giving me some issues right now. So I think we'll, I really don't want to wrap it up, but I think I'm going to have to because it's looking like it's trying to disconnect me. Um, we'll, we'll let everybody know where they can find you. We'll get out of here. We will do a show. I'll be back home on Friday. We'll do a show Friday. And I want to pick this conversation back up. And, again, I'm going to get this list out on Twitter. I'm working on it right now. But I just I hate make, to lose make sure this to tag, call. Make sure to tag Kendrick Perkins in it, uh, David. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so get, he can get the narrative out there. Carry the hell on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I apologize. I was hoping that this would not happen. We were doing well there for a good stretch. But it's in and out telling me that my, my bandwidth is narrow. So 
Um, Candace, let them know where they can find you. You can get me on Twitter at David W two one one one. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies. And then Isaac, when she finishes, I'll let you close us out, man. All right. You can find me at C Hawks 901. That C is in cat Hawks 901. And you'll be hearing a lot more Grizz talk from me uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Dave, uh, Isaac, take it away. Yeah, man. Grizzlies will be back on the home floor Friday night, taking on New York Knicks. And we'll be back on Valley Sports Southeast. So we'll have our guys. Pete Travis also going to be on NBA TV as well. So nationally, get an opportunity, hopefully, to see another, another Grizz beat down. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore rivals, man. We'll be back. A team of the conversation on Friday night. So be on the lookout for that. Give us a follow at Ethos Grizzlies, man. We definitely appreciate that. And until next time, we go. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.